Oh yeah, I guess I'm getting going this week. So uh, what's going on, everybody? Bone Cunningham here uh, with Slightly Biased Sports Talks, another episode, July 29th, 2021 with Moen Stanchu as always. And a guest this week, it's uh, Jelani Reed. You can find him on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at the Jelani Reed. Also Read Between the Lines and uh, Northside Talks as well on those podcasts. So Jelani, how's it going, man? Oh, thank you for having me, guys. I, you know, I'm a supporter of the show, so I was waiting for my call. And uh, obviously, I'm always ready when called upon. But you guys are the goats, so I'm glad to be here. Let's go, Sir Milan. Uh, what do you want to? What do we want to start with today? Football, basketball, Olympics. We got a lot to, to talk about. So where do we want to start off? Um, considering that there's not really much to talk about in the footy aspect of the world right now, I think we should go into that really quick. There's only really two big things that have happened in the last week. Um, you want me to introduce her or should I? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, um, first and foremost, we've actually got a Manchester United fan in the building. We got a Jelani Reed, Mr. Man United. Yeah. Uh, I know you're happy about this Rafael Varane signing, uh, officially a done deal per Fabrizio Romano announced by Man United as well. Um, how do you feel about this as a Man United fan? Like, what do you think this does to your team? Does this, you know, is this the piece that you guys needed? Does this push you to, you know, title contention with City, European contention, and whether it be the Europa League Champions League, whatever it is, do you think this is what you needed to push you guys over the edge? Well, first of all, I'm just, I'm happy that we've got Sancho finally in the building, um, years in the making. And then we got Varane. And, you know, he's someone who I've appreciated for a while. Like, he's one of my favorite um, guys in the back end who's playing this sport. Uh, he's always been, you know, top tier for me, like, just as a fan. So I'm glad that he's coming through. Um, and you know what? It gives us hope. It gives us hope. Uh, we've been waiting for the glory days to come back. Um, we had a – look, let's face it. We had a pretty good year, finished second in, you know, EPL last year. So we're only trying to look up right now um we've had two what we finished twice in the epl um twice in the last five years we finished sec- second so you know and we finished third that one year in 2020 and you know on the other side though we finished sixth um twice in the last five years and that's what happens when we have high expectations so with man U, it's really two ends of the spectrum you could get big signings which we've seen we've seen in the past um, and, and, you know, they haven't really panned out, but on the other side of things, the recent signings that we've had has, you know, really geared us towards a good future. Um, and, and like I said, we could build off of what we did last season. So I do think this will help at center back. We got him in his prime Rand's in his prime. We got Lindelof McGuire. You got, uh, all those guys back there, obviously Jones, um, is coming off of injury by E. So, I think that this is what we needed, um, and I'm glad. A lot of people are like, oh, Varane, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to – shush, okay? Just watch, watch, and learn, okay? It's going to be something special. And just to, you know, add to my point, we've had the academy um, have successes in terms of finding talent, right? Brandon Williams, McTominay, uh, Greenwood, Rashford over the years, right? And with – the successes of our program, of our developmental program and strategy, we've had, you know, good signings as of late to build off of what we've done in the academy. So with all that's going on in the organization, I think that it does spell, you know, some good 
fortunes for us in the future. It's all reliant upon Solskjaer and what he's going to do with the talent. You have the talent at your disposal. What are you going to do to be with the cities, with the Chelsea's of uh, EPL football? Because we've already seen it time and time again. It comes down to consistency. It comes down to your strategy. And at times he's been good at it. At times he hasn't. And not really talking about Varane here, but when you're looking at the off- offensive side of the ball, we've had certain struggles. That's why we haven't won any you know, league titles in a minute because we're always focused on counterattack, counterattack. But there's some times where we fail to have matches where we finish. We need to know how to finish. We need to know how to come you know, above and beyond in certain competitions. But I, I feel really good about this. And yes, I, I feel like we are a true contender this year. Spoken like a like a true Man United fan right there. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm very interested in seeing how Rafa Varane does in the Premier League. Uh, I see, me and Bowen have been talking a lot lately about all the stupid pundits that we've seen saying, "Oh, I think he's going to need some time to adapt." Uh, well, yeah, he's no, not going to have his hand held like he did by Varane back in. What? Please shut. I up. think they failed to remember like, where he was playing before. Did they fail Listen, to remember that? One, and he has two, the championship three, pedigree. Four Champions Leagues. Four of them. Four He's of them. bringing it here. We don't know about that. He knows about that. So, yeah, I, I'm going to get Listen, get it. a back line of looks to be like a prime Luke Shaw right now, Rafael Varane, uh, getting better, Harry Maguire, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka is serious. Hey. That's serious business. That's going to be difficult to break down. Me, personally, I think that's going to be a difficult defense to break down throughout the league. Right. Juan Basaka is one of the best defensive fullbacks I've seen in a very, very long time. This guy, he'd rather die than let someone get past him, <laughs> honestly. He, this guy would rather take a bullet to the head before, before he lets someone get past him. But just overall, that team, it's being built properly. But as a United fan, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Ole? Do you think he's the man? Because me personally, I think he's a good manager, hmm. but not a great manager. And I think he's just not at United level yet. But I think he he doesn't know what to do with this amount of talent i think yeah. when you've got to like i think sancho is a good signing but i don't think maybe it was exactly what you guys needed considering you guys have like some diallo coming up right, through the ranks right. you got mason greenwood right you got so many attacking players it's more so the midfield, the midfield. Really some work yes the defense is obviously a good part a place to start dean henderson definitely going to be a, a good up-and-coming goalkeeper but what are your thoughts overall on ole and do you see him as the man going forward? Yeah, like I said before, and you just pointed out, like, you got the talent in, in the building, right? And it's been that way for the past few years since he's come in after Mourinho. Um, the thing about Solskjaer is, is, does he have that voice in the locker room? Does he have the passion to really drive these guys to the next level? Like, can he push them? I think that's what we need. We need a guy that can push these guys because we – when you when you have a good squad, but no like fire within you, I just you're not going to win anything, and that's what's happened, right? Um, and, and we've seen in the past when we were at the top um, with Sir Alex Ferguson, he had that passion, he had that fire, he had the mindset. Does Solskjaer have that mindset? That's what I'm really focused on. I believe in him, right? I again, I'm someone who backs him. Obviously, he's my manager. I'm going to back him uh, whenever I can. But I do also point out the fact that there are times where us fans were like, what are you doing? 
right? What are, what are we getting from you? What are we seeing from you, right? So again, we have the team. If you're talking about the best teams in the PL right now, you, you can't fail to mention us. Um, that's not even biased. You just can't fail to mention us. But um, I think in order to win this whole thing, it's not even the team itself. It's him. So um, I'm expecting him to really push these guys this season because there's a goal and we're close. We're, we have the team for it. We have the system for it, but it's up to us to really get there. So it's up to him. Very interesting. Very interesting. Bowen, as a France guy, how do you feel about Varane joining United? I know obviously United is a rival club for you, but you know, how do you feel overall about this uh, the signing for United? It's a wonderful signing. It's and it just shows not more on Varane. I'm going to talk about more on United this season. It just shows what they're up for. They're pushing all the chips in the table right into the middle. They got Sancho. They got Varane. They're linked with Kemavinga. They're linked with some really big players. They've spent a lot of money and they're clearly shown the willingness to spend and go for it. They feel like it feels like they have a perfect team in place to go challenge for the title. Will they? Um, probably. They'll probably make it a closer run of it this year than they did last year, even though they were up in the top two into January. Uh, but for me, Milan Giovanni, I totally agree with you guys. Milan, I agree with you. I agree with you in the sense that is Olay the top class manager that can deliver a title. I don't know. But Giovanni, as you said, the squad is in place, right? The squad is exactly in position to go win a league title. Uh, and now the question is just, can they do it? They've played pretty well against City in the last couple of years. Um, Ole, for me, I think he sets up a, a bit too defensively in big games, but hey, if it gets results, it gets results, right? So I just think, you know, United, they've been looking for these big signings to pay off for years. And they've made two really smart signings, getting Varane to really solidify that back line. And Sancho, who's a young, very talented prospect, who's going to come right into his own. And then once Rashford gets back, I mean, just the amount of depth in that squad is so much better just based off those two signings alone. And in the Premier League, you need depth. We saw with City last year how they had two first 11s that you could roll out to basically uh, win the league with. And United didn't have that. And I think that hurt them both in the Prem and in Europe. So now they have depth. And yeah, they're going to be serious contenders for the first time in probably nine years. Yeah. And one more thing, too, I, Malai, I just want to say um, one thing I do like about Solskjaer is, you know, the strategies and systems he has on the road. We're a really good road team. And to win a title, you have to be a good road team. Oh, most definitely. I mean, um, for me, is actually a, a good manager. Like, I think a lot of people make him out to be just this horrible manager. No, no. He doesn't know what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing. But I think the job is similar for me in terms of Arteta. I think Arteta knows exactly what he's doing. I think he's a great manager as well. But I think this job personally is not his level yet. I think he's just a step below it. And I don't think he should be taking it on because it's too much responsibility, right? right? When you're at United, you're expected to win at all costs. When you're at Arsenal, you're at, it's a historic team, 49 games unbeaten straight. That's a, that's a England record. No one has beaten that, right? The only team to go invincible. These teams need leaders that will, you know, that are experienced, that know what they're trying to do. But these guys, they're not ready for the big time yet, in my personal opinion. Hopefully, I'll be proven wrong. And these guys both challenge for top four this year. United potentially for a league title, Arsenal for Champions League football. I'd love to see it. But um, in terms of Ole right now, I th I just hope he he gets it right because, you know, like you guys said, the team is put on a silver platform at this point. He's right. They're still in for a midfielder as well. They're going to 
potentially pick up Kamavinga, yeah. great young talent. Um, going to be able to maybe have Matic as a rotation role, which is fantastic. Matic, you know, when he's on the pitch and when he's doing the right things, he's a great, great player. Um, but yeah, on to another French center back that came from La Liga. Jules Koundé has signed for Chelsea, apparently, according to Fabrizio Romano. But uh, apparently it's in the ballpark of around 30 million plus Kurt Zuma bit of an interesting deal don't know if it was exactly needed because as we know like they're the one of the first teams to win a Champions League without a striker um they're still on the market for a striker and we don't really know if they'll get one because uh Haaland was actually quoted this week as saying as he hopes it does not happen because it's a lot of money for one player apparently doesn't want to go for 175 million uh he, he's an interesting guy he's a very uh he's a mini Ebra in that sense he says some interesting pressures every now and again but um what do you guys think, think so? about Chelsea do you guys think uh, who, what? Milan, you think that? I mean, come on, man. I can see where he's coming from in the sense that he doesn't want all that pressure on him. If he goes for 175 I mean, million, that's a ridiculous amount of pressure. Yeah, but he- that's what he's worth. Like, you're talking about, you could argue, if you want to argue, that he's the best young player in this game. Mm-hmm. And he will dominate this decade. That's that's where he is. So, if you're Chelsea, um, I mean, they put away... According to sources, they put away, what, 130 mil euros away to probably secure a striker. Um, and, and that would be him, right? So I think there's no risk factor here. You, It's justified. If you're going to pay that money for him, it's, it's justified. Um, and they're also, like, there's also someone else that I've been thinking about uh, for them. And when you're talking striker, that's Lukaku. I don't think it's going to happen. But it's like it's been put in the air. Um, a lot of people are saying Inter just doesn't want to do it. We're not letting him go. He's 28 years old. He still has time to, to produce. He's been producing. Um, so, you know, I, what I think, though, is even though these reports are saying there's no Lukaku signing to be expected, you never know. There might be talks behind the scenes of a potential transfer, um, you know, in that area. But when you're going talking about, you know, this topic, Holland, I think that this is where you need to go. There's no risk factor. He's one of the best, if not the best young player in the game. Um, big spending is what you're going to have to do. And, and you know what? If you get him, that just builds off of what you already done. Your 2021 champs for the UCL, this just builds. So you never know. It's, it's interesting because the thing is, Holland, I think he's worth $175 million, but that's because the market is so inflated at this point that 175 million for a young talent that's already scored a good 25 goals a season consistently isn't much. You know what I mean? Um, like that's almost penny money, and it's about that. That's a lot money. of money for any player. <laughs> yeah, but then you think about the fact that Harry Maguire was 85 million. You know what I mean? But you're never getting a return on that investment. You're never selling him back out to the market for anything else. So like you're either keeping him for his career hoping it pans out to a great career, but you're never getting close to that if you want to sell him again. So that's the risk they're taking. You you mean Holland? Yeah. I think he, I think a good when Madrid comes calling, I think a good 300 million bid yeah. by the time it's 2027. I'm sure nah, that'll come abs- around. Uh, that might have me. I mean, I'm just saying that's a lot of money, man. Like 175 million euros. That's a lot. Like that's a significant. That's career making I mean, or breaking. I mean, but they're doing they're doing this for a reason. Like they would do this for a reason because you're looking at the mid decade. By that time, 
you know what he's going to provide. He's going to be that guy. Like when you're talking about football, he's going to be that dude. So I think it would be like a contract, like a four or five year contract or something like that. So you have that window right there. I think that would make all the sense in the world, honestly. No, I wholeheartedly agree, but I just don't know if considering it seems like Holland doesn't really want to move right now. So mm-hmm. do you guys think like, is there a striker that they can get that's, you know, not maybe of Holland's level, but someone that can propel them to, you know, potentially go back to back in the Champions League? You know, Tuchel's a great manager and all, but he honestly he doesn't have a forward because Timo Werner honestly plays more like of a winger than he does as a striker. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they could pull off a Lewandowski deal potentially, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic to see, you know, Lewandowski in the Premier League, right. just coming out of his prime about 32, 33 years of age, but he, he's still balling. He's still he's coming off his best goal scoring season. Who else do you guys think they could pull off if Holland doesn't work? Pretty much anybody under the sun, if they have that kind of money to spend, like Lukaku, Joanna, you mentioned it, uh, Griezmann, yeah, that's but mine. the wages yeah. are a bit too high. Um, Pretty much anyone they want, if they have that kind of money to spend, really. And that's a yeah. lazy take, but like that's just the facts. If you have that kind of money to spend, you can buy anybody you want. Yeah, for I, me, I'd say Lukaku, honestly. I like, was reading one of the most unreliable sources in Italian football, in uh, Gazette de la Sport, but I was reading that apparently they offered Lukaku $10 million a year wage, and he rejected it. Oh, really? It could be completely yeah, unreliable. Like, yeah, no, but... that's what I'm saying. Like, they did they did speak about it. Like, both sides, they spoke um, about a potential transfer already. Um, and a lot of people are saying that it just won't happen. Um, but what I think is there still might be efforts to get this done. Um, so I, I'm not going to say no to that yet. I still think that we should just throw it out there, um, see what happens. Because, you know, if you bring him in, like, hey, it's something serious. That's Lukaku right there. He can still produce. Um, I do like the Lewandowski one, uh, Milan, that you said, that you suggested, because he's still he's still producing as well, even at his age. So, um, But I think Lukaku, for sure, that's, that's the one. We'll see what happens. But it looks to be that there could be an opportunity that Chelsea does not sign a striker going into the season, which will be tragic for their club. Because it looks like they're <laughs> going to be losing Tammy Abraham as well. That, why? Why? Spot. They're the defending champions like winners. Tragic. That's a bit hyperbolic. No. I just believe in Werner anyway. I think Werner is a great player, but I don't think he's scoring goals. And if you're not, <laughs> if you don't have a player that's scoring goals for you, what's that's the point? You just lost Giroud. Giroud. Giroud is your top scorer in Europe. Do you realize that Giroud was your top goal scorer in a European Championship winning season? That's a problem. If uh, Tammy Werner Abraham looks to be on his way out as well. If, so that's Werner, if, though. That's it. Werner's never been a good goal scorer. That's been. the problem. He's got to finish. Here's the issue with why people need to stop this like notion that Werner is supposed to be scoring and that he's missing all these big chances. He was up until the last season at Rebel Leipzig, he was never a good scorer. He had, I think, around 27 goals and one of the easiest goal season, uh, one of the easiest leagues to score in the Bundesliga. He had 27 goals. Other than that, he was never really a good goal scorer. He used his pace to create more. He used his pace to make chances. And he's fantastic at that. We saw it throughout the Champions League final. A good three chances in the first 40 minutes were made through Timo Werner. should have been 3-0 We're made through Timo Werner. So we know what he's bringing on that side of the uh, football pitch. But he doesn't score. So they need a a striker that will bang in the goals. I'll bet both of you of guys young... right now that he scores. I'll bet both you guys a beer right now. End of, end of next year at Ryerson. Next year, 
20 goals, all competitions. All competitions, maybe. I, I'll give you I'm 25 all competitions. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll give you 25 all, all competitions. Uh, give me, yeah, maybe 25 or something like that. Give me 25. Because, like, listen, know, you, can, you can stop out of the Carabao Cup. You can stop out of the Carabao Cup. I'll throw it down. All right, write that down. Five goals. Write that down. Put that on right uh, you, know, right you know what's funny? I was watching, before the, the show started, I was watching a compilation of him uh, missing all his, uh, his chances. <laughs> It's actually so funny. Uh, I, I don't even know why I stumbled upon that on YouTube. But no, like I think uh, like I agree with Milan because you need someone that you could rely on to get you those those chances um, to get points on the board. He's a good player. Don't don't get me wrong. He's a good player, obviously. But yeah, the, that's the only thing um, in terms of his game that I consider a weakness. If they don't manage to get one of those big names. For me, if they're looking for a young signing that's you know could perform in Europe, look no further than Jonathan David. This guy's coming off a league unwinning season. It's interesting. Balled in the Belgian league, obviously not a major league, but he balled there. He he was destruction, bro. This guy killed it, right? I think a move to a major league, it's not far off for him. Right. Uh, I'd love to see him on Milan. Obviously, I don't think it'll happen, but I'd love to see him. Uh, playing in that sort of system but i think jonathan david good on both feet fast strong i think he could be perfect for chelsea if they're looking for a younger striker that they can't pull off a deal for either holland uh whoever it one may more be name. one more name harry Kane. Yeah. how much how much would they have to pay daniel levy to to, to get that across the line harry Kane. to another london club oh. i don't know about another london club yeah. city i can see i don't know about another i don't know london if that's club. gonna happen 250 million euros <laughs> It's got to be steep. It has to be something It'd be steep. Yeah. <laughs> like, At that point, you're definitely getting dealt with a financial fair play. I would hope so, yeah. but you it, never know what the rules are there. But <laughs> it's got to be two hundred something. Yeah, you're, wow. you're in the two hundreds. It's not. A, it's maybe, not a, as, okay, as maybe Gary like, Neville said, it's just not under a one that. in front of that. It's a two. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't even know if Harry Kane is the one though, because Harry Kane's great, but he they need a fast paced striker because they play a style where they have to track back at all times. Right. So Verner they have someone Werner on one wing, throw whoever else you want on the other. Harry Kane. And have the guy sit up top. Eh? At the Euros. <laughs> they win the league by 10 points. No doubt in my mind. Really? Wow. You, do you think Chelsea's going to win the league this year? Bob? I, it sounds like they it, added Harry like... Kane. Yes. Okay. Then that's a no, because they're not getting him. Yeah, that's not even a hot take, man. He's been the best player in the league for years on years. I agree, but you I had him in the team that just won the Champions League. Taught him, he taught him, had him for years, and he was the best. Player in the but you're putting on yeah, a better team with players around him, though. He had a great team around him, bro. He had human son, he had a great defense. I'm saying, though, he can him, raise that fantastic goalkeeper to even greater heights. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think I, for me, they're not better than City. For me, they're great, but they're not It'd better be than close. Stays. It'd be close. It'd be close. In, in a in a thirty eight week span, I don't take Chelsea in a league title unless they make a like they have to make an extortionate amount of signings. I don't think that's happening in the summer. Yeah. If anything else, it's a fun thing to talk about. So. Oh, most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. Um, you guys want to move on to basketball? Yep. Sure thing. Yeah. All right. Um. So, in terms of basketball news just a little bit really to talk about in terms of um, free agency talks. There's been talks that Larry and Rosen 
and could team up on the LA Lakers. What are you guys' thoughts on I, I don't know. It's weird to me because they spent all these years complaining about LeBron, this, that, and the other, getting getting their asses handed to them by LeBron James. And all of a sudden, if you can't beat him, just join him. They, they all team up with LeBron. They're probably going to compete for a ring come next season. What do you guys think about that? Man, you know, I'm someone who doesn't really like super teaming and joining up. I'm an advocate for that. You guys have seen it. So I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I prefer what the Bucks did get it done with your one guy. Um, but those are my guys, Lowry, DeRozan. Like, I would love to see them win. I'd love to see them play together again. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's the factor of LeBron. Like, it's the LeBron factor. Like, you you couldn't beat this guy for, like, half a decade. And then you're going to join him. I mean, does that look soft? Um, quite. Uh, but I think – I do think DeMar's going there. Like, I, I honestly think it's going to happen. You think that's a done deal? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to happen this free agency or something then, like i hope you guys understand know. listeners viewers i hope you understand that means it's happening because <laughs> some there's some i don't know what it, kind of voodoo or or juju that this guy possesses but everything <laughs> this guy's ever predicted has has occurred everything Basically. you guys go on this guy's twitter at vigilani reed you'll find it all i i promise well, you yeah it's the done. only two things i will say because i look when you're wrong you gotta admit when you're wrong um so i do get a lot of things right thankfully Things I've gotten wrong, Dallas Cowboys winning playoff games, Penguins winning playoff series. And the one thing was, I was like, Trey Young, we shouldn't compare him to Steph Curry. When he was coming out in the draft, I was like, he's not going to be Steph Curry. He's going to be good, but he's not going to be great, but he's great. So I got that one wrong too. But other than that, I do, guys, listen to me. I think it's going to happen. Either DeMar or Buddy Heald. Why? Because Buddy Heald, they're talking right now, like as we speak. With with the uh, the Kings, uh, with a deal where they'd send Harold Kuzma, Kuzma or or uh, KCP over to uh, Sacramento, along with a pick, I believe. So yes. I, I don't know. Le- LeBron's not going to settle. That's what I'm saying. Le- like they're going to make a splash. Well, we got our local neighborhood uh, uh, Sacramento Kings fan in the yes. building, Bone Cunningham. Bone Cunningham, back to you. What do you got <laughs> to say about me. that? Yeah, um, I think that's a sideways move for the Kings, man. If they pick up, I mean, like, yeah, you're dumping heels, you're dumping heels salary, but you're taking on Harold and Kuzma, who will not want to be there after winning a title. At least Kuzma did, and going from LA to Sacramento, like that's it's a pretty lateral move. I just don't understand Sacramento. I want Sac to like go up and trade for Scotty Barnes tonight. I don't think it'll happen, but um, I mean, it'd be a great move for LeBron and the Lakers. Cause you know, buddy, he was a great three point shooter. And when you can have him as a six man on that Lakers team, you're looking at a deep playoff run again, if everyone's healthy. So, um, but on the topic of DeRozan to the Lakers, do Lakers fans understand the concept of floor spacing and cap space? <laughs> I don't think that is possible at all. If, if Lowry goes there, if DeRozan goes there, like, how's that going to work out? You have DeRozan who, yes, he's a good slasher. He's a good mid, he's a great mid-range guy. Can't shoot the three. Uh, Lowry's getting up there in age. Both of them are not going to take the mid-level or the veterans minimum. Like, I just don't see a way out. It'll happen. I can see them getting one of them, but I don't see both. Uh, Milan, what are your thoughts on that? It's actually funny you mentioned that because I read that Lowry's actually asking for $30 million mm-hmm. a year for 40 years. Uh... And you're, I don't, first of all, I think he's, that's a little overpriced for a lot. And like, I love Lowry. I think he's great, but I don't think at his age at this point, he's already starting to regress a little bit. I don't think he should be asking for that much. 
Um, I don't, yeah, like you guys said, I don't know, I don't know if they'll get both of them, but it's it's the NBA somehow, some way, <laughs> something happen, just yeah. happened out of thin air. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens just because it's the NBA, but more than likely it should be only one of them. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be DeRozan over Lowry because 30 mil a year for four years, it's a steep deal. Yeah. I don't see him being a Laker. Well, Lowry at least. Also, you think he's going to go on a sign and trade to, uh, to Philly potentially. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way I'm not trying to lose him for anything. Uh, no Raptors fan wants to lose him for nothing. Um, because we're definitely in, like, we're not in a rebuild, we're in a retool mm-hmm. right now. So we need parts, you know, to get back. Cause look, Nets, Bucks, all those guys, they passed us in Eastern conference contention. So we need to get some parts back for the future. Um, what I'm looking at is Philadelphia and I, I know I get it. You guys out there, you're, you're complaining about Ben Simmons. I know. He doesn't want to shoot. I know he has a worse shooting percentage than myself. I get it. He doesn't even, he's not willing to dunk on five foot Trey Young. I know. However, comma space. I think that we would develop this man. We would make him a demigod. I believe so. I think that if you bring him in Toronto with our development, with our plan for his future and for his game, I think that we could definitely see something here. Okay. You don't have to put him at point guard. You could put him as as a as a point forward. He'd be a point forward on our team. Act that way with a Fred Van Vliet, with whoever we're drafting tonight, <clears throat> Jalen Suggs, um, <laughs> all those guys. So really? Let's talk when, about when that. After. Let's at talk that, about that. Yeah, yeah, no. But when we're looking at Ben Simmons, I think that a lot of people are blinded by the fact that he can't shoot or doesn't want to shoot. But he has everything else. The defense. Imagine him, OG, Pascal, the length. Imagine what he could do for us. So I, I think that if we got him for the right price, because these these rumors they're about what way they're, too much. They're, they're asking for asking, way too much. Hello, they're asking for the mansion, for the pool, for the the first class uh, flight. They want Drake too. To Hawaii. They want Drake as well. They want. No, it's like stop it, stop it. Okay, so I don't want to hear that. But if it's a, a right sign and trade with Lowry. You get you get him back something like maybe a Thibel along with that. I'd love that. Do it. I mean, Joanne, I totally agree with you. But how are we going to get this guy into the gym working on his free throw and not uh, at Wimbledon with my gym? Like, what's going on? Here, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up, my. You got to get this guy shut focused up on shut basketball up, shut up. first. Like, yeah, you know that's the only problem. Like, I do think it's a mental thing. I I believe in him, and I've always liked Ben Simmons. Um, I was I was the fir- one of the first people who was like, yo, keep Ben with Embiid and see how it's going to work. Um, but I don't think that ship is, is there anymore. It's sailed. So um, if you bring him here, though, I think our development, though, with the Heat, with the Spurs, those type of teams, those are just different organizations. I think he would definitely blossom over here in Toronto. I see that as well. Uh, I mean, we all know Nick Nurse as a, def- you know, as a defensive coach. He's fantastic. I can just imagine like, the guy can guard one through five. We both, yeah. we all know yeah. this, right? Like the guy can guard one through five. He's an elite passer. You just can't score. And it is what it is. It's a scores league at this point. But when you put him with a coach that prioritizes defensive basketball and get, getting the stops and going for the fast breaks, it's fantastic. This is a match made in heaven, but we'll see what'll happen. I guess uh, it seems to be like an extortionate amount that they want for him. 
whether it's from us or from Miami, like it's just too much. Like, I I don't think he's worth all that considering you can't score. You guys think, I guess we have about seven minutes left in this call, but do you guys think that, you know, his trade value seems to be the maximum asset they could get would be CJ McCollum and, you know, maybe some other things to kind of match out salaries. Do you think it's a too much of a prisoner of the moment take from NBA media and fans? Because before game seven, like his value is, you know, it wasn't the highest it's ever been, but it was pretty high still. And now it seems like all you can get is kind of like a CJ McCollum type guy, like a, uh, I'd say a B level guy. Um, is it just too much prisoner of the moment in terms of like an overreaction on Ben Simmons' value? I think that it's, uh, you know, you could claim that these guys are prisoners of the moment and, you know, all this recency bias because he he's a great player. He's a multiple time all-star um, all NBA defensive. So he, like I said, he had the talent. He just, it's the mental aspect. So, uh, but unfortunately that it is what it is. Like right now, his value isn't even higher than guys like OG Ananobi. Let's be honest. It's, it's not. Um, I think that you're looking at, like Bowen said, a CJ McCollum coming in. Uh, I don't know other teams interested like Cleveland. Um, they're interested. They've spoken with Philadelphia about that third pick tonight. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Um, a lot of people are just like, look, I watched the playoffs. I saw what it was and it was, it was a breakdown. It was a mental breakdown, um, for the whole world to see. Um, but I do, I do think though, that he will resurrect himself. He will, wherever he goes. Me personally, I don't think that CJ McCall, like a CJ McCollum level player. I think that's a little bit disrespectful to Ben Simmons. I think he's just above that, but below, um, you know, whatever it is they're asking for. Uh, I think he's kind of in that middle ground and people aren't understanding that, like yeah. you're saying, the prisons of the moment. Because if you do something elite in this game, you're worth a lot of a lot of assets. I mean, and he's an elite passer. Like, this guy has some of the best vision in the NBA. Um, he can def- all defense, There's not a lot of players. There's not a lot of players that can defend one through five in this league. The guy is a point forward. I mean... He just can't score, and we. It's, it, I hate harping on this point because I'm personally not a guy that values scoring as much as the next guy. I don't think that's why I always say I think Kyrie's overrated. This, that, and the other, because I think there's more sides to the basketball game, right? I think that when you can't defend, when when a guy like Isaiah Thomas washed up on one knee can put up 45 on you potentially, it's just hypothetical. I think you're overrated, right? But when you can do more things on the basketball court than just one. I think you're great. I think Ben Simmons really needs to get his mind right. He needs to realize the media is going to be there no matter what. And he's got to get it together because if he wants to become an elite player in this league, he's got to learn how to score, whether it's mid range, whether it's driving to the basket, dunking eventually. Like we got to see this, the guy, the guy's just over six foot. Come on. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, that's all I really have to say on that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, you know, he was also my defensive player of the year pick, honestly, uh, before the year started, because I believe in that area. And what the Raptors could do, let's say the Raptors or whoever gets him, just, you know, have him play in the post, start off in the post, give him a post game, because I don't think he's going to want to shoot from outside. Um, but ultimately, he's going to have to at least develop a mid-range, at least. I agree. Went to the Raptors. One last question. Where would you guys see him playing? Would he be playing point, but not as more? He'd be playing obviously as a facilitator, not a shooter. Would he be playing at the four? Would he be playing at the five if he went super small? Like, where do you where do you see him fitting into that lineup? 
maybe a lot of small ball lineups would be shown. Pascal, him, OG. Like, we'd be small. We'd be small, but you have that. Uh, probably small ball five, four spots, something like that. I don't even see him being a point guard um, in our system. I just don't. So uh, I, I, that could be really interesting. I mean, I, I would say I trust Fred with the ball more than I trust him just because I know Fred has the cojones to shoot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And yeah, you so. can't even say like a Jalen Suggs or uh, anybody with that number four pick because that'd clearly be going over to to Philly if if the trade was even made. So um, yeah, like if well, last last question, uh, do you guys see Simmons being moved? And if so, where? Yeah, he's. He, I think he's done in Philly. Um, where? That's a very good question. Uh, I'm gonna say it's either one of these teams, Toronto. Um, either Toronto, Cleveland, or this is one that people aren't talking about, Minnesota. Oh. I think Minnesota would be a great spot for him. You put him with Cat, you put him with Edwards. I think D'Lo would have to leave in that yeah. deal. Yeah. But if they find a way to keep D'Lo, like, come on, you have D'Lo, Cat, Edwards, and him. I think that is something that Minnesota should be really – like, they were talking about it earlier, and I don't know what happened to them in these sweepstakes. So – uh, no, that's the team. That's a dark horse. Potentially, to me, that's one of the softest teams of all time. When you when you when you when you match up Ben Simmons with Cat, uh, <laughs> but that but that's just my take on that. I um I think he's probably gonna end up in Miami, uh somehow some way. I don't know. I I think Pat Riley Miami. is gonna put up a nice package for Jimmy him. Butler would kill this guy in practice, man. Oh, yeah, man. I know. But that could either benefit him or Break you know him. completely ruin this guy's career. Yeah. Right. Um, I th- I think I'll end up in Miami. I think Pat Riley will put up a good package for that. Uh, I think Miami is the prime destination. I, I if I were him, I would probably want to go to Toronto. The like uh, we've been talking about throughout the last few minutes. I think Toronto would be his, his best fit. Yeah. But I think Miami would probably put up the trade personally. That would be uh, that'd be something. But uh, I guess this will wrap up part one and um, yeah, we'll be back with part two in just over a minute. So catch you on the other side. All right. Welcome back everybody. Part two uh, with Jelani and Milan, myself, Bowen Cunningham. So picking right off uh, where we left off from, I guess. Um, Milan, Olympic basketball. Do you want to break it down? Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened to the U S mental basketball team picking up arguably one of the best coaches in uh, the history of the NBA and <laughs> losing games that are easily winnable. I mean, uh, they lost to France. Uh, I don't remember what the score was, but they lost to France. Katie only had 10 points. Evan Fournier of all players was the high game, high scorer in that game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They bounced back with, uh, with a big win against Iran. They uh, almost uh, doubled their score. 120 to 66. But they're in a position that if they lose against the Czech Republic, they miss out on even like playing for uh, even a bronze, like what? at all. Like I don't know what happened what? to this uh, to this U.S. team, but like we know the talent that they have there. We saw uh, Devin Booker had a horrific game against France. This, all these play- uh, the better players were the players that just came off of finals that were yeah, you know Booker tired was going flying into Tokyo. Tokyo. Right now, man. Like, yeah, he was, not, he was not mentally there for that game. Let's be real. Like Chris Middleton was probably the best player on the court that for, for the U.S. in that game, and that's a problem because this guy just came off of playing six games no. in the finals, just flew into Tokyo, 
13 wow. hour time difference potentially if it's if he's coming from the same time difference as us i i don't i don't know what's happening i'm honestly i, I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> like i don't know i i think this team is very different um than teams we've seen in the past you're comparing a lot of people comparing this team to the 2004 team that just didn't reach their expectations this one is very different because the roster construction makes zero sense to me. There's absolutely no defense to be found on this team. There's no defense. Um, there's no size on this team who JaVale, JaVale McGee. Like, on, it's, like, it's not, no, no and no. And the other thing, a lot of people don't understand international basketball. I love it so much. It's a team game. It's not one-on-one. It's not KD versus whoever. It's not uh, D-Book or Dame. It's not a single guy. It's ball movement, which we don't see in our league NBA anymore. We see spot up three. We see jacking up shots from 40. It makes zero sense. The international game, they actually allow physicality. Wow. Yeah. Real basketball. It's not this, oh, foul. It's the oh, funniest when you, see, when you see Dame get like a smidge on his shoulder That's and then he looks at the ref. He just eyeballing the ref like, where's my call? Where's my call? Like, no, no, no. no, no, no. You're not going to get that in, in international basketball. That's for sure. So I, I love the fact that the refs are letting them play. I think the NBA refs should take note. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, is the expectations. It's the expectations. USA is always expected to win. Um, I, I honestly still think they, they could get a medal out of this. Um, gold, I don't know, because there's Spain there. There's Argentina. There's France. Don't um, sleep on Slovenia. Luka. Luka, Luka yeah. Slovenia. Hey, hey, this guy's crazy. But, yeah, so, you know, I'm looking at, like, he can single-handedly beat this team right now. No, honestly. honestly he could. Honestly. He could. And so, I'm looking at that, but the – the, the reason why they're really struggling is I just think it's the roster and construction. Like the, it just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of guys that do the same thing. A lot of guys that want the ball that command the basketball. Um, and there's a limited, you know, there's limited ball movement. Like I said earlier on this team. And as for Popovich, I, I think he's fantastic uh, goaded coach. Um, and I loved, I used to love the Spurs. They're one of the reasons why I like basketball in the first place. But the problem with him is ever since Coach K stopped coaching the USA team, he's looked very pedestrian. After Tim Duncan retired, he's looked very pedestrian. If you're talking about the Spurs, what have they done? Okay. If you're talking about USA, I think he's what, 12 and six or 11 and six in their last, what, 18 or 17 games for Team USA. That's good enough. You're supposed to be winning games all the time. I think Coach K was like undefeated for years. So, I think at the end of the day, um, there's there's a big problem because a lot of people are like, what is going on here? It's very surprising to see them coming out, coming out flat, like all of them just flat. Do you think it could have something to do with the Team USA guys? Like they're at this point in their careers where most of them are pretty established, like Dame, KD, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everybody on the roster bar, Kelvin Johnson. And, uh, you know, a lot of them have big money in the NBA. They don't really – they don't really play for their, their country as hard as other countries would. Do you think that plays into it at all? Or I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, what I would say is maybe it's the no fans factor. Yeah. Maybe it's the restrictions on the Olympic site, uh, the Olympic village that's making guys like their mental maybe might be off. Um, and then you add what drew 
um, Middleton and, and Booker here. So they're coming off of playing a tough finals. Uh, there's all these factors that might be playing into it. But, um, you know, I've, I've heard reports that players are disgruntled. They're like, why are we losing these games? What's Pop doing? Well, some people apparently called out Pop's system. And that's another thing. Like, why are you running the Spurs system? It's not, it's not it. It's just not it right now for Team USA. They got to wake up because the world has caught up to them. Okay. Are they still USA? Of course. Of course they are. They like, still have the most they're, talent. They're they still gold. have the most talent. Yeah. It's undeniable. Yeah. They should be easily still winning gold. Yeah. But what I agree with is what Fournier said. Like, this is not a one-on-one game. This is international. This is a team game. This is, you know, ball movement. This is strategy. So that's why we're not seeing it because you got Dame and these guys acting like they're going to win single-handedly. It's not going to work that way. No, I hear that. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen with the men's team. I think that eventually, I think they're going to end up with a medal either way. I don't think they're losing against the Same. Republic. Yeah. Uh, I'm predicting silver. I think they're gonna, whoever they're going to have against in the, in the finals, I think they're going to lose. Slovenia? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trusting. <laughs> I, listen, I would, if Luke, if Luca wins this ring. Oh my God. Holy smoke! My Twitter is gonna blow up. My, my app, my app, my app is done, bro. Might as well mute this guy. No, right now, do it right now because you don't want to see me on the socials if oh Luca wins. It'll be better than Luca winning a championship. First of all, Luca, everyone clowned on him when he came to the league, saying it's honestly harder to score in Europe than it is I was there. one of the but few guys right. that was with him. Day he was one, right. Ron. He was I right. Was, look, this guy. I said it day one. People in high school because it was grade twelve at that time. They're like. Luka Doncic, who's this guy? He's not going to translate. He's going to be another European guy. I said, no. First of all, this guy's been in the league since he was like 11. Okay, he got an MVP in EuroLeague. This is EuroBasket. This is the, you know, the second league. Biggest, the second Either than the NBA. Difficult. Yeah, so exactly. he's been doing this. And, and if he does get it, I think a medal by, like, he's basically by himself. Like, no, so he, is. He, got, he is. Like, I don't know if a single got, other player on Slovenia. If you got a gold medal, like, oh, my gosh, gold status starts, like, for, like for real starts. It's so annoying that, like, these Yugoslavian countries all split up. I, I was like, oh, maybe he has Nurkic. Nope. Mm. Oh, maybe he has uh, Vucevic. Nope. Nope. <laughs> all these guys are in different countries. Oh, my goodness. I Could you imagine if all of them were on one team? Like, Jokic, Tough. Nurkic, Vucevic, Doncic. Dario sorry. Dario Saric. Dra- hey guys, piece. don't forget my guy, the Dragon Dragic. Goran Dragic. Oh my. That's my that team would literally win everything. I think that te- US would never be able to beat that team, bro, honestly. Oh, bro. I that think US, unreal. USA, USA, they're so boastful. They're, they're all like, oh, we're USA. Uh huh. The land of the, whatever. Okay. Look, European basketball is fantastic. And the other thing I like about them, especially their bigs, they're strong. Like they grow up differently there. That's why Ivusevic, Jokic, all these guys, Nurkic, who I like as well, they could hang with these guys in the NBA. They're not scared. They're not the France. Do you really think France was scared of these guys? No, they had, and we're acting like they didn't have NBA talent as well. You know, France has NBA talent. All these teams have NBA talent. So USA better watch out, honestly, because in the coming years, it's going to be different. It's not going to be USA just slapping guys like it's 1992. No, most definitely. Um, unless we have anything else to add on that. I yeah, one more question about, for you guys. If Luka won the gold medal, would ESPN anoint him as the best player in the league? No. no. If he if he won the no. gold? No. Nope. I think they'd, they'd be sending out a tweet that says Luka, best player in the league. I think they'd be. I, I don't think so. so. I don't think so. A gold medal in Slovenia, though? 
They no. have their golden children, though. They have their golden children. Luka isn't one of them. Because the other thing is, like, they don't like... First of all, they don't like international players. We've seen the discourse on Giannis after he won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just not giving him the credit. Luka, they try to do the same thing. They're like, oh, he's the golden child, but he, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. Um, and also, I think people would be like, where's LeBron? Where's Curry? They're not playing. Kawhi's not playing. So they, they always have the built-in excuses. Um, so I, I would have to say no on that, Mark. Yeah, no, I uh, I just don't see that happening. I, I, there, there's just like a – everyone hates to like Luka unless you actually like Luka in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, like, people just do not want to see this guy succeed for some reason. They're kind of happy that he's on a team that being built around him, really. Like, when your second-best player is still in the playoff P nickname throughout the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I hope uh, people eventually realize this guy's legit. This guy will be the best in the world in the world soon. But I got Giannis. I, I got uh, Giannis. Metal I got Giannis you got Giannis ahead of him. Yeah, I've always got I, Giannis. I like uh, I like Lucas game more. I think that's what it is. Like, I, I like like an overall game yeah, more. That's but gonna be I, the debate. I respect Giannis a lot. I respect right. Giannis a lot. Right. That's, that's, that's gonna be Will Luca ever win a defensive player of the year? No. Oh no. <laughs> but will. But he'll never be the top assist man. You know what I mean? Like Luca but, but always Giannis has that on pass. both ends. Yeah, Giannis but there's more. There's also passing. There's, there's also passing. There's a handle. There's you go down the hill. You can't stop this man. Like I think it's clear. Giannis is the best player in the world right now. Giannis. Giannis just has to. All he has to do nah, nah, is not better than KD what, for me. Do what he has to do in the paint. I've been telling this guy for years. You don't have to take these three pointers. Just be a shack. If he does yeah. that. Then, then no one's stopping this guy. No I can't one. get him uh, ahead of KD yet because KD was literally half a shoe size off of sending that guy home. So let's, let's let's pump the brakes on that <laughs> on the best player in the league. There, he's the he's the best player on the winner of the championship this year, but he's not the best player in the league. No. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'd um, still take Giannis. Really over mm. KD. To each their own. To each their own. It is what it is. It is what it is. We'll see what happens this season. I got, I got Brooklyn winning it all, to be honest. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, me too. They're, they're going to play the Warriors in the finals. Warriors. Warriors. That's a hot take. That's it, hot. It's going to be a fantastic storyline final. KD playing his old team. Steph Curry's looking across the way. Sees Kyrie. Uh, the shot 2016. Sees his guy KD. Left me for no reason. Sees Harden. I owned you. All these things. It's going to be fantastic finals. Watch. Oh, Andrew sucks. Wiggins making it to his no. first NBA finals. No. Congrats. No A Wiggins. No, it's not going to be Wiggins. Why? Because there's going to be a big splash made by the Warriors this offseason. They're going to manage this properly. They're going to get another star in there. Why? Because Steph is what thirty three or something like that. Clay, he's getting up there. Dre, they're they're running on you know empty really soon. So ninety eight Bulls type beat, yeah. Yeah, no, they they have to they have to operate like the Spurs did when those guys got a bit older. They they still managed. So I think the Warriors are gonna make a splash. Maybe Bradley Beal, something like that. That does make them small, but I think they're going to the finals. I'm gonna keep Jelani, would you throw would you throw Beal at the two and, and Clay at the three? Yes, yes, that's how it's gonna work, honestly. Um, and and I know they wanted Dame or something like that. I, I don't know how that would have worked. It would have been a lethal backcourt offensively, but defensively, ooh, liability. Fair enough. Milan, any more uh, any more basketball talk or yes, sir. So tonight, mm. the 2021 NBA draft is happening. Mm-hmm. The Raps have the fourth pick in the draft. 
Um, Detroit's got the number one pick. I don't know. There, there's been a lot, a few tweets, you know, from Woj as always, spoiling some of the picks already. I muted him. I'm not no, trying I've to stayed off him Twitter, guys. I've I stayed I, off Twitter. So. I got spoiled nice. for like NHL draft. I don't like get spoiled, getting spoiled for all these things. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, I feel like we're all in consensus here that Cade is probably going first, though. Yep. My namesake um, over here, yes, sir. Cunningham, yes, yep. yes, sir. Mr. Cunningham. Congratulations, Vaughn. Congrats. Thank man. you. Thank you. Family I man. That. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, where do you guys kind of I don't I know this has been talked about to death in terms of projections, but do you do you see Cade ever winning? Like do you see him as an MVP guy? Do you see him as a multiple all NBA guy? Um, where do you where do you kind of see his career projecting if he ends up in Detroit, which it sounds like he will? Mm uh Cade he's a good player uh he reminds us of Grant Hill he's smooth on the floor offensively he sees the floor properly has good size and everything I think he could be a star in this league and Detroit honestly a lot of people like it's the Pistons a lot of people don't care about them anymore because they're not as good as they once were in like 2000s and everything but they have one of the better young rosters in the league you have Cade entering now Isaiah Stewart good uh center Killian Hayes he has what it takes to be, you know, a good player in this league. Just has to blossom very raw. Um, Sadiq Bay, mm-hmm. he's first team all rookie. All these guys are there. You know, they got Dumboya, they got uh, Grant. So it's a good team. I think Cade, though, he will embrace Motor City. I think he's going to become a star. Um, some all star games I do see in his future. But the guy, like, if you're going to ask me who has the most star potential in this draft, it's between Jalen Green. Or Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. and, I, and then I put Jalen Suggs at number three on that list, and then Cade. If you're gonna ask me, uh, really you know, order order the top four from one to four. Green, Mobley, maybe like Suggs up in there. It's a two A, two B type of thing, and then Cade. Um, I that's why I want I want Green so bad. I want to trade up for this guy. You put him in Toronto. He's the score we need. It's not gonna happen though. Okay, it's not gonna happen. He's going to Houston or Cleveland tonight. Um, you know, Mobley, he's also someone we could use. Not going to happen. We have to trade up. Cleveland wants a ransom for this guy. So, no, but uh, yeah, Suggs as well. He's going to be a star. Those top four um, are going to be stars. But Cade, yeah, all-star, um, pretty good player. Um, he's going to be reliable for Detroit, like if they want to be something in the future. Well, and what are your thoughts? And then I got a question for, for the both of you. I'm going to be honest, boys. You two are the big college Sports guys, you guys know more about these guys coming into the league than I do. I uh, I keep up with here and there. Like I really kept up with Luca because mm-hmm. I uh, I heard about him, uh, you know, through the Twitter spheres. I heard uh, this guy was coming through. That's why I kept up with him coming into the league. Other than that, I don't know much. I don't know much about Cade's game. Yep. Uh, I did watch a little bit of Jalen Suggs coming in. Uh, like I watched some uh, highlights in here and there, seeing what we could potentially draft. I think Jalen Suggs would be fantastic for our team. I think whoever yeah. we were able to pick up tonight, they're going to be great. Uh, you know, like we've said so many times before, the Raps are a great uh, development place for young players. So I think uh, whoever we end up picking up today, it'll be a uh, solid pick. It'll be a hell of a pick. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Johnny. Um, if you're the Raptors tonight, like you got, you, you got the fourth pick. Who are you taking? Depends you know, who's taken. Yeah. Right? Uh, th- that's the, that's the other thing who's, who's already taken. Um, I just think, yeah. don't think too hard about this. Don't. It sucks because I'm seeing Barnes. I don't want him. I, I, I like him in terms of his size. He's long, just like Pascal and OG. But 
the offense just isn't there. So it's basically us getting another OG and an OB right now. I don't think we really need that. We need either a playmaker or a scorer. And yeah. a playmaker is Suggs. And especially because Lowry's gone, he's going to be gone. So you plug him in there. You put him with Fred Van Vliet in the backcourt. That's our backcourt for the future. It's really easy. Don't mess this up, okay? If you want to trade up, do it. Because, again, Jalen Green, he's the most elite scorer in this draft. He will be the best scorer in this draft when it's all said and done. Athletic guy, good to guard. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think we're going to trade up to two. That might be a bit too high. Three for Mobley, it's very possible. Um, but what does Cleveland want? That's the only problem. Um, yep. I think out of those two guys to trade up for, we would prefer getting Mobley because we had issues in, you know, with the interior all year long. Um, but with Suggs, you're getting a guy who can be plugged in there and he's our floor general for the next how many years? Well, let me ask you one more, couple more questions. Uh, you're the Pistons. Are you taking Cunningham? Are you trading down? You have the first pick. Who are you going with? Is it Kate? Is it Mobley? Yeah, you know, I, I think they just, just like the Raptors, don't think too hard about this one. It's Cade Cunningham. Um, okay. I would I would think if they did get green, I think that would be very intriguing um, because, again, most star potential, biggest name in this draft because we've known him for a while. He was number one in high school and all that yep. stuff. But Cade, he's just, he's the safest pick there, right? He's the safest pick. I know lottery is a, it's really lottery. Like you never know what you're getting. Um, but if you're, if you're looking at Kate Cunningham, what he can do on the floor um, all around game, it's, it really would help Dwayne Casey to get a guy like that, a young guy like that with that much upside because he has a lot of upside. So go with Cunningham for sure. And one more thing, I'll give my take on it and I'll mm -hmm. give the four to you guys. Who do you think's the best player in this, in this draft in five years from now? It's 2026. We're looking back on the 2021 draft. Who's the best player of this draft? I'm going to say right now, Evan Mobley. I'm going to say Evan Mobley is the guy yeah. we're going to be looking back on in five years saying he should have gone number one. But what do you guys think on that? Hmm. Got a, I got a few suspects. Uh, Mobley, for sure. He's an intriguing name. Green, like I've already said. And mm -hmm. Suggs, I'm looking at those three. If you're looking at the back end of the top ten, uh, Kaminga, I think he's going to the Warriors at seven if they, you know, given no trades. Yep. Um, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Jalen Green. I uh, just think the star is there. Um, goes to G League Unite. Sorry, Ignite. And he, he plays really well, um, leading score and all that stuff. Um, and he's going to become an elite scorer, I'm telling you. It's interesting because both of the players you guys named were my coin flips for who were my choice. My choices were yeah. going to be. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with green just because I've seen what this guy can do on the scoring end. As we know, this is a scorer's league. So in terms of people going to get praise and accolades, I think it'll be Jalen green. Um, but I think Yvonne Mobley is a serious, serious player and whoever he end, uh, ends up picking him up, it will, will be set for, for a very long time, right. barring no injuries or, or anything that of that sort. But I think he's going to be a great player going forward. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about about uh, the draft, or do you guys want to move on? I'll give you my uh, top ten. I'll give you my top ten. Okay, uh, let's hear this. Yeah. Let's hear this. So let's let's do so from one to ten. So number one, Kate Cunningham, Detroit. Two, uh, Rockets take Jalen Green. Three, Evan Mobley goes to Cleveland. Four, that is Jalen Suggs. Five, this is where it gets interesting with Orlando. I think they're going with Scotty Barnes. 
for length on the outside. They have a lot on the outside and, and you know, bigs on their team, but I think they add even more with him. Um, and he provides defense six James book Knight from UConn guard. He has risen a lot of draft boards before he was like mid to late, but now he is in the top 10. He's, he's a slasher. He has a good handle explosive at the rim. So they're going to go with him, the thunder given they don't trade up because you never know what's going to happen tonight. Seven, Jonathan Kaminga of G league ignite. Um, great two-way player. He has, he has the potential to be a star as well. If we're looking back on this draft and the warriors have great history with the seventh pick, Chris Mullen, Steph Curry. Okay. Now eight, that is magic again. Um, they really would want Kaminga not going to happen. So I say Franz Wagner, um, from, from Ooh. Michigan. He yeah, I, eight, I, eh? I do think so. I, I look, it's between, it's between Orlando and Sacramento for, for Wagner. He has the six, nine frame. He's a good, he has a good skill set, all around skill set for that frame. So he's going to Orlando, Sacramento, Moses Moody. You yes, get someone uh, Bowen on the outside, um, you know, good length. Um, he, he create his own shot, gets the mid range game. Obviously he's an athlete. So, you know, from Arkansas, I think you get Moses Moody. And then at number 10 from Australia, Josh uh, Giddy, Josh Giddy, point guard from Australia. Um, he played with the 36ers in that league. He's, he's a guy that could back up John Morant. He's a playmaker. He sees the floor properly. He could dish the basketball out. So I uh, watch for him too. He's, he's a good player. Well, there you have it. Jelani's top 10. Uh, I'm not going to go into mine because I'll take too long. But, uh, fellas, any more uh, any more basketball talk? Or we get to get into the National Football League? Let's do it. Jelani, I'll give you the floor on this. Uh, you're the <laughs> NFL expert over here. So uh, the floor is yours. Awesome. Well, you know, yes, uh, Ad Ryerson, they, they come to me for the NFL. I'm glad I'm glad that I could be the resident NFL guy. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to start with my Cowboys. I'm actually going to start off with a team that I don't really like because we've had history with them. Um, Cowboys fans do not like the Packers. Um, the however, heads. yeah, I hate them. But I do like Aaron Rodgers, just not when he plays the Cowboys. Um, fantastic quarterback. We know this. So he comes out with this fantastic press conference yesterday. Why? Because all this, you know, for those who don't know or not following, let's just think about it this way. Kevin Durant is on this team for his whole career. Um, MVPs, he hey, we wins can't, the championship. We can't say Durant's like that, man. Like he cut from the hey. Thunder. But I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let yeah, you no, go. Let's, let's, let's just just pretend that it's Durant that is loyal to one team, okay? Um <laughs> But yeah, so he wins the championship 2010, all this, all this stuff. He's the best talented quarterback, sorry, player in the league, right? And now the problem is he continues to ask for input on this team. Katie's like, I want this guy on this team. Why did you let him go? Why did you? And, the, and this team just doesn't care. This organization doesn't care. They said, you know what? Ha ha, you're the quarterback. Just play football, okay? That's what's happened here in Green Bay. They have literally disrespected the most talented quarterback in the National Football League that we've seen the past 15 years. Okay, I do not like when Aaron Rodgers plays the Dallas Cowboys, but I know for damn sure he is the best quarterback when you're talking about talent. So the problem is he has one ring, one ring, and that was 2010 over the Steelers. Why does he have one championship? He is good enough to have multiple. You see, Brady has seven. Aaron should have at least three right now. Three. 
Now, the problem is with the press conference the other day, he comes out and he says whatever he, he wanted to. And I love it. He was he was straight with the point. He's obviously a passive aggressive guy, but he said what he felt and he felt like he has no input on this team. He felt like the contract situation is not about the money because they offered him like a contract that would be second to Messi's contract in terms of sports. Right. It wasn't ever about the money. It was about the personnel and it was about the team. And they don't care about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And he even said it. He said, I love the fans. I love the, the players. I love the or. No, he stopped. He said, I love the or. No, he moved on from that. He doesn't love the organization. It's very tricky. But the contract that they're offering um, for Aaron is, is going to be done after this year. So that's why everyone's like, this is the last dance. Okay. Because we know yeah. he's gone. He's gone after this year. He's had enough. Um, and th- they keep knocking on the door. They keep knocking on the door. They should have been to more than one Super Bowl. He's only been to one Super Bowl? Really? Aaron freaking Rodgers? So <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know what? I'm glad he's come out and said this. The only problem with this whole situation, Bowen and Milan, I, I just didn't like how he's acting like a diva during the offseason and saying, oh, I want out all all this stuff on you know golf courses and on TV talking about, oh, I don't know about my future in Green Bay. All that just to come back and report for Jimmy. Yeah, like, I'm not just, a fan of it that. It was weird. I'm it was really, it was really odd. Really? I have some takes on I, this. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think the Packers need to understand you have a Super Bowl team right here. The past how many years? Like eight years? You guys have been there. You need to listen to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay? They don't, like he said, they don't come to play in Green Bay. They come to play with him. Okay, he's the reason why you're relevant right now, because without him, you wouldn't be here. I mean, obviously, the big thing in this is the whole Jordan Love pick back in the 2020 draft. But looking back over the years, you know, shit happens, right? Like 2015 NFC Championship, Brandon Bostick, he comes down with that onside kick. Should have won to the Super Bowl. Last year, uh, Scotty Miller doesn't catch that catch before halftime. They're probably in the Super Bowl. Yep. Don't uh, forget about 2019. They just didn't come yeah, out. They don't run problems. into two buzzsaws in San Francisco and Atlanta two years, three years apart from each other. They're in the Super Bowl. So it's just football is a brutal sport to analyze that because, you know, Dan Marino, people could argue he's the best quarterback of all time, but he never won a ring. Uh, there's a lot of guys who are ringless, who are great, outstanding players. So it's it's the ring. We're not talking about the GOAT here. But I mean, you. I think you have to give the Packers some benefit of the doubt in the sense it's extremely hard to win games in the league. And, you know, Brady, he's always had it. He's always had a pretty good defense. He's had a great coach in Belichick. And then this year, all the pieces are there and they win the title. Uh, right. Johnny, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know, because the Packers, you're looking at their lineup. Their personnel has been fantastic the, the past few years. Um, you could argue they were a better team than a lot of these teams last year. Um, they, like Aaron had it all on mm-hmm. offense. Um, defensively, you know, you have a pretty good front. Um, you have guys in the back end that can play, not really Kevin King, because we saw Brady saw what torn apart. There. Yeah, yeah. So, but they've had a good team. They had they have a good roster. Um, the only thing is when he's asking them to have input, like why are you not allowing him to have input? And the, the thing with the Jordan Love pick, for those who don't know, it was the last draft. Um, they're looking for, like he needed a wide receiver. He Because he only had Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best in the game. But on the other side, there's nobody. 
Okay. You get a young player because the other thing is that was a fantastic wide receiver draft. They didn't do it at the end of the day. You're looking at it and they went for a quarterback. Why would you take a quarterback in the first round? And oh yeah, they traded up. Why are you trading up? Why, like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I could be an NFL GM and I know that doesn't make any sense when you have Aaron Rodgers over there in your locker room. Okay. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is this team is this close. They're this close. I honestly think I'm taking them to go to the Super Bowl this year. This is Packers and the taking Chiefs. Taking them to win the Super Bowl. No, no, go. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes winning his second ring. Okay. Redemption season. Anyway, I think that Aaron Rodgers, um, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I think not like over the organization. I think we should back Aaron Rodgers on this one because next year you're going to see it. He's, there's going to be teams lining up for this guy. Okay. When he hits free agency. This is truly the last dance. This is truly the Packers' last shot to win a championship. It's right there for the taking. So if they don't act right, we're going to look back on this team and say it was Brian Gutekunst uh, as the GM who failed. Okay, this organization failed Aaron Rodgers like we've never seen anyone fail a quarterback before. Because Brady, the GOAT, he's been listened to. He's been heard. That's why he has seven championships right now. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, if you had that, Maybe he has multiple rings. I thought he'd had three by this time, right? But another thing is, quickly, can't really look past Aaron because there are some championship games. It's been, what, five, I think, four or five? And he hasn't shown up. Atlanta in 2016 doesn't show up. They get, they get hammered by I'd Matt I'd say Ryan that's more a factor of Atlanta just and being then, the best team in football that year. Right. Right, that and that defense. And the defense didn't come through. Like, I think the, the one thing is the defense, but it's also sometimes Aaron – Falls under pressure. Um, San Francisco didn't play Yeah, let's well go down the line. Let's go down the line. I want to talk about this. So 2011, right? They come in 15-1. Mm-hmm. and one. They play the Giants. They choke. Okay. What can you say about that? Not much. Next year, they run into Kaepernick. That was Kaepernick's year. Um, the year after that, was that the Seahawks? Uh, Seahawks, sure. yeah. Seahawks in 2015. Yep. Or 14 uh, playoffs. Yeah. I mean – <laughs> it's a bunch of playoff losses. You can't put them all on Rodgers. But again, it's I, I'm saying all I'm saying is a lot of it's more down to luck. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't deny the fact that that Jordan Love pick was outrageous. Also, I think it was 2015 going into that into that year. Jordy, Jordy Nelson tears his ACL in training camp, so there goes your number one receiver. Um, they hit on the, the the Devontae Adams pick. That was great. Yes. Um, like what, what else down the line, you know, they ran into Carolina in the playoffs that year. I think um, they ran into the Falcons. They ran into the 49ers in 2019. And then last year they ran into the Bucks. Last year, like, that was their best shot. They exactly. went, but also if you're Aaron Rodgers, all you needed was, you know, a fourth down conversion, you know, some point, get some points on the board. Why would you kick a field goal? Yeah. I watched that game. That was ridiculous. Back yeah, I watched that game. Why would you give it back to Brady? Why? We've seen this story before. It's like Harry Potter. How many movies he got? Eleven. We've seen eleven <laughs> of these editions of Tom Brady. We've seen it before. So, again, I think Aaron Rodgers is his last dance. I think that he's going to go to the Super Bowl, win it. I don't think so. But next year, there's going to be teams lining up for this guy. Um, Broncos, watch out. Raiders, watch out. Uh, Miami Dolphins, watch out. Okay, for those teams or New York even. The Giants. The Giants. Um, yeah. wow, Danny you, you, you can see him going over your guy, too, huh? 
All right. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I do like Tua, but uh, I, if you if you got a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, like that's like you're getting a chance to get uh, who like um, who's a comparison for football for soccer? Ronaldo or Messi? Yeah, it's one of those guys because he, he's he's there in that gold yeah. conversation. But, but yeah. All right, so uh, the first ever part three of the podcast. Uh, this one's going along, but hey, it's it's a good conversation. Um, fellas, what just happened in the NBA? There was a pretty big trade offer on the table that got uh, that got turned down. So if you guys want to break it down. Yeah, so I'll give it to you. Um, so the Sixers are asking the Warriors for Wiggins, Wiseman, the number seven and 14 picks tonight, and two future first-round picks for Ben Simmons. Obviously, the dubs turned that down. Uh, I think it's ridiculous what the, the Sixers are asking for. They're, this is not James Harden. They're trying to make it a Harden-esque. James Harden was a what, steal of a deal if that's what they want for uh, like, Ben Simmons. On. Like, come on. Let's have some reasoning, you know, in these trades. So, yeah, just had to point that out. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Ask ridiculous. You guys They're going to be stuck though. with him. Let me guys ask you this. Is that not aligning with what they want to do, though? If they get Ben Simmons, that's a win-now guy. They don't want to wait on these two picks they have, plus Wiseman, plus Wiggins, to all kind of develop. I think Wiggins is who he is, but we know that we know that Wiseman's a project. We know the two picks they pick tonight, if they even pick them, they'll be projects. We look at the timeline, and I know we're going back to basketball here, but we look at the timeline. Wouldn't getting Simmons be a better um, you know, fit for kind of where they're going forward in the next couple of years? you would have to move uh, Dre because they play the same way. Like they're facilitators, they're guys that don't really give you offense. Uh, Yes. Dre could hit the three pointer occasionally, but like it just wouldn't make sense if they're both on the floor. So no, I I don't know. I don't know about this one. Like I'm glad the Warriors turned this down obviously because it's ridiculous. I wouldn't have done that deal in a million years. I'm going to be honest. Well, I would have taken it. I would have done it. You would have taken that? I would have done it, man. You you get two all-NBA guys. You get three at their peak in Clay, Draymond, and Ben Simmons. You could be the defensive team with Steph Curry running around firing up threes. I don't know. You're right back in the playoffs. That's four very high-level NBA players. I'd rather try to get either Brad Beal or Dame in there. Not – not doing that for Ben Simmons. No, not after what I saw. Yeah, I agree. I agree. To each um, their own, I guess. To each their own. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just, just off of that, uh, are we going back to football? Yeah, I yeah, just let's, want to uh, point that out. Let's, um, let's give the Florida the biggest Cowboys fan in Toronto, mm-hmm. Mr. Jelani Goodridge. Yes. All right. Talk talk to me about the Cowboys I got, this year. I got the football uh, helmet over there, the Cowboys helmet. And I got, of course, I got the cup. Of course. Of course. Come on, man. Like, I'm always, I'm always ready. Uh, but, and the blankets over there, actually. Anyway, so the, the Cowboys, you know, this year, we're, we're looking, we're looking pretty good. Um, I know I say that every year. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, last year it was tough because Dak Prescott, his ankle like just got destroyed, um, and we lost him for the year. That's why we sucked. Um, we we did have a high pick. We got Micah Parsons, uh, linebacker from Penn State, who has the ability and probably probably going to be one of the better linebackers if he pans out. Um, so things are looking up for us. But the thing is, 
with the NFL, unlike the NBA, for you know, just a comparison, this is a league that relies on divisions and division rivalries. Like they matter. Um, you know, NBA is just whatever you make the playoffs and you're done. So, you know, playoff spots very important um, in terms of division. And we're looking. Dallas Cowboys fans are looking at Washington right now as the competitor. That is the co- uh, competition in our NFC East. Um, some people call it the NFC least it's the weakest because, one, yeah. yeah, it's just, but even though they call it the least, it's always giving you the most drama. Why? Cause mostly cause we're in it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So the Eagles who I hate with a passion, we know this, the Eagle, the Sheagles, the Seagulls, they won't be doing anything this year. <laughs> I love it. They're not yeah, going to. I'm going to clip this because if, if they end up winning, <laughs> no, we're Super clipping Bowl, this one. I want this all over the socials. No, I want this all over the if socials. They make the playoffs, <laughs> then if they make the playoffs, then I will become a curling pundit rather than uh, a football pundit. Okay, honestly, write that down. Okay, they're not making no type of playoffs. Why? Dysfunction, dysfunction, dysfunction. They had Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts saga. Your guy, Jalen Hurts, that's your guy right there. Yep, yep. Alabama, then obviously went to Oklahoma. I believe that he'll be a good quarterback in this league, but um, they they seem like they don't believe in him. They're even looking at Deshaun Watson. And the problem with that guy is um, all these cases. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't even know if he's going to play this year, uh, which sucks. Like, he's a good player. It's just I don't know what's going on with that lawsuit or whatever. But yeah, the Eagles, I'm not even worried about them. Yeah. Um, but the team to look out for in the NFC East, um, the Giants, they did a lot in the offseason. They made moves for their offense. Defensively, they're not as good, but they they did stuff. Um, they got Bradbury from Carolina on, on their defense now, who I like. And, you know, I, I'm not that happy that they got him. But um, you also look at Saquon Barkley. He's back from injury from his ACL. He's a candidate uh, for comeback player of the year. I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Odell Beckham Jr. It's going to be one of those two guys or Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. So look for those three for the award. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, this division comes down to quarterback. Who's going to put their team over the edge? You look at Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Fitzmagic, um, the Harvard grad. He's a good player up to week seven. Every, yeah, every year, week seven. It happens. Oh, everyone's like, oh, the Fitz magic is back. The magic is in the building. No, it's not. It fades away <laughs> week seven every year, the mid-year. Then that's when you expect the, the you know carousel to go on and people like, okay, do we start him? Do we not? It happens every year. Do you believe in him? Bowen, I don't know if you do, um, but if he does play well, if he does play well, they're going, they're going to the playoffs. The thing is hey, with Washington, I hate them, but their defense is, is stellar. Like a couple it's, years it's ago, with uh, sorry to cut you off there, Jelani, but a couple years yeah, ago, no, you know, it was Bucks Steelers on Monday Night Football. Fitzmagic hit a wall. Like that's all I, I, I that's all I needed to see right there. So he's a good quarterback. He's not going to elevate you to anything, anything greater than maybe a wild card round. And yeah, I think uh, I'd say honestly, the Cowboys are full strength. I know they get all the hype every year, but they have to be. The NFC East champs this year, man. Yeah, like, we have this have year, Milan, I'm telling you, like you're looking, let's just pretend it's a team that has like the most talent in the division. 
Okay, mm-hmm. you need to get the division title just to secure a top four spot in the playoffs. Obviously, they added a team in the playoffs, so there's seven now. Yeah. So you never know, maybe that might be us or Washington or something. But I think when you're looking at the division, who's going to win it? Obviously, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Um, no, I don't take them every year. I don't take them every year. Where are you taking but them this year? This year, I do think because Dak, we have a quarterback this time. We have someone who could actually deliver the football to our offense. Zeke yeah. is still there. Zeke is still a guy who get he gets disrespected, okay? He's been the most consistent guy for the past five years, and people are acting like he's fallen off. No, he hasn't. Look at the numbers. Please, please, I, I be my guest. Look at the numbers. Um, so, <laughs> like, again, I think he's going to catapult himself back into that conversation for top five running back in the league. I think he's going to have a big year. You have the wide receivers. Michael Gallup, most underrated in the game, along with Keenan Allen in L.A. You have CeeDee Lamb, who, to me, was the best rookie wide receiver with Justin Jefferson, and then Amari Cooper. Cooper, that's my guy. We know about that. Um, It's the defense. Hello. Last year, I could have played on that defense and had the most tackles on that defense. I've played the game. I've played defense, actually, and I know how to wrap. It's it's head to the side, shoulder pad, wrap. That's how you make a tackle in, in football. They didn't do that last year. That is why we sucked. We had an all-time worst defense for Dallas Cowboys history and NFL history. Okay. I'm not, I'm not about it. We're America's team. I know I'm in Toronto. We're in America's team. <laughs> well, hey, you're closest to Buffalo, man. Right, right. My team. Let's yeah. go. You see, that that's what that's our model. We need to be Buffalo. Okay. Because <laughs> Buffalo is a team that has a good defense. If we don't have a good defense, we could kiss that NFC East title goodbye. We could kiss a playoff spot goodbye because the NFC, a lot of good teams are in there. Um, Bucks, Niners, um, the Saints, not anymore with Breeze no. gone. Um, no, they're not. Rams. Cardinals, Ram, the Seahawks. Rams are serious Matt, this year, right? Seahawks, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could throw Seahawks. the Panthers in there, maybe. I don't Packers. know. Packers, <laughs> the Panthers, not yet. Vikings, yeah. Kirk Cousins, I don't know. Bears, yeah. I don't know. Washington, like there's so many teams. So we need to show up. The offense, talent is there. Uh, what's coach going to do, Coach McCarthy? Um, yeah, I, I do think we're making the playoffs. If you're going to ask me, are we going to win some games in the playoffs? Like how far? Yeah, what's your ceiling? <sighs> yeah, what's the Cowboys ceiling this year? The ceiling, I, I hate to say it, even though we need to make the conference finals. The last time we made the conference championship, you, you want to guess? You want to guess? 1990. Last it time the was... boys made the conference title game? Yeah, it was. Probably in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the year, I think it was the year that the Raptors were born. Or 95. Year, 95. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Th- that season. Do you know how long that is? That's disgusting. The, for the Jaguars to have almost made the Super Bowl four years ago, and we're still sitting here? No. Jerry, I'm calling you. Okay, please get this done. If, if, if this doesn't happen, do we – fire mccarthy like that that's something we have to look uh look on jaguars should have made the i mean we saw how long it took with jason garrett though so will he fire mike mccarthy oh my god (laughs) oh my gosh i got a headache here oh my gosh that guy jason garrett oh my gosh talk about a guy that doesn't push these guys anyway i think second round that is second round the ceiling yeah i just because the bucks are there we're not gonna beat those guys the packers we're not gonna beat them the rams are better than us the Niners were maybe with them. I don't know. Even with that, I'm not that confident. Seahawks, like, there's so many teams. So, second round, Max. 
but we're going to win a playoff. We're going to we're going to win a playoff. I think that's respectable. Like you said, it's it's the toughest part. It's the NFC's the toughest yeah. uh, side of the NFL, it's, right? Like, so. It's just hard to tell like who it is, you know. Uh, like the AFC is the Chiefs and Bills and like the Ravens, Browns. Maybe, but oh, Browns, the Browns, Browns, yeah, are Browns. they're not. Yeah, the Browns can go to Super Bowl. I'm not even lying. Like That'd they're not the old Browns. Yeah, yeah, they're not the old Browns. Uh, so yeah, no, that's that's my take on the Cowboys. I think second round max. Um, but just prepare for the takes. Prepare for the rants because um, they're coming out week one. That's yep. September first week. Be ready. We're playing the Bucks first game. Why would they do that to us? I don't know. Because <laughs> you guys are gonna bring the money. I know. You know you guys are gonna ratings, bring the money. Baby, all about the ratings. I know. <laughs> I know but we might get slaughtered by this team. Oh my gosh. I hate Brady has never lost to us before um, since he's been in the league. He's been in the league since 01. So Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of the NFL or do we want to move on to Kedro Gador? I uh, know we're good. We're good. We're good to go. All right. So Kejogador, obviously we've explained the segment to Jelani. Jelani, do you want to start off with uh, your pick for Kejogador yeah, for this so week? I put, I put a few things in the doc. So I'm going to have to give a shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I've been so busy uh, with everything I've been doing. So I haven't even gotten to my own show. So I haven't even really told people my thoughts on this. So I'm happy that the Bucks won the championship. Um, it brings new flavor to the NBA. I'm tired of the super team era. It's coming back though, because it's just, that's where yeah. we are. Um, Giannis, I love just his story. He's such a different type of guy. Um, doesn't take the BS. He played hard. His knee went the other way just a week before the finals. And he was, he gave us one of the best game sixes you'll ever see um, in any sport. He was just fantastic. Couldn't miss all night. Um, shout out to them. The Suns were a good team. I feel bad for Chris and, and D book and Monty Williams, who was my coach of the year pick. But at the end of the day, the Bucks, um, they're probably ushering in a new era um, because you might look at them in the mid decade, say at that time, they might have multiple rings. You never know. Um, I'm looking at them maybe as the next team coming up dynasty. No, I don't think they're going to be a dynasty, but it might be like the Spurs dynasty who wins one doesn't win for a bit, wins another um, but yeah, no, shout out to the Bucks, And also I want to just shout out to the Canadian Olympic team. Um, a lot of these women are just crushing right now, um, killing it. Yes, all the things are on at like 4 a.m. I'm asleep, so I get the reruns. Uh, but I do see, I do see what they're doing. Shout out to like Penny, like the I, I call her the chosen one. Um, helping us get those medals, judo. Ah, 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 let's medals. go, judo. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see it, you see it. Catherine yeah. Boshin, Yeah, right, right. I, I'm getting to that. I'm getting yes. to that. You finish off. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting to that. So I shout out to them. Um, I, I saw we just got something for I think rowing. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, no. Shout out to to everyone out there. Obviously, it's a different type of Olympics, but they're still coming through. I think we're top ten for medals. Um, or 11. And uh, that's remember, for us big. to do that yeah. in the Summer Olympics. That's summer big because we're not, a, we're not a summer no. games kind of country. Yeah. We're listen, we dominate the Winter Olympics. No. It's us and maybe Russia yeah. in, the, in the Winter Olympics. But the Summer Games, that's all US and China, right? right. Yeah. And uh, for us to be competing this much, it's impressive. And, and all the athletes that are coming through are still so, so young, which means we still have a good two or three Olympics that we're going to be in this top 10 or higher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I expect so, yeah, hats off, hats off to the Olympic team for sure. 
Yeah, I expect more medals probably for the women's soccer. Um, yeah. I expect something for track. There's going to be some stuff for track. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge track fan. If you're talking about like a sport that's not mainstream, that's like the, my favorite one that's not mainstream. So uh, there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of things to look out for. Um, obviously, you know, about DeGrasse and, and things like that. But yeah, no, look for us out there with, uh, with track and field. You want to go on first, Bone? Yeah, I'm just going to say uh, going from amateur athletes to amateur athletes, uh, he shares my last name, Cade Cunningham. Uh, shout out to him, man. I think he's going number one overall tonight. I think he's going to do great things in the league. And, uh, you know, if he is the number one overall pick tonight, have a hell of a night, sir. You've earned it. First overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Let's go, baby. You're going to get his jersey for sure. <laughs> I might have to, man. I might have to. We'll, yeah. we'll piss this throwback. Yes, sir. That's fire. That's fire. I rate that. Um, for my Kejogador, I'm actually going to pick the entire Canadian judo team. Guys, I've been uh, coming into this, I think, believe it was last week we talked about it. I was talking about uh, you guys got to keep an eye on the Canadian judo team. They're, they're legit, right? Mm um jessica klimke came in as the world number one into the olympics uh unfortunately because of that krista Deguchi missed out who's also a fantastic fighter it was them fighting for gold medal tournament after tournament throughout qualifying uh i mean you had um uh i'm forgetting his name now uh he fought in the same day as her, but he, he got to the bronze medal match. He fought fantastic as well. I trained with Jessica back when I used to train for the Ontario team. I used to train with Jessica as well. So it's fantastic to see her uh, get to this level. And, you know, I know a gold medal is coming. She's still so, so young. She's definitely going to be fighting for that gold medal come the next Olympics or her or Krista. Um, you know, Catherine Bosham and Pinard, another fantastic fight in that bronze medal match, like beautiful, beautiful judo. It's, um, it's different because we're not like the, you know, the Georgian and the Uzbekistani and the Azerbaijan team where we use power and grip strength to, to overmuscle them. We use proper judo. We use the, you know, you use the breaking of the balance, the Kazushi. Uh, there's so much, you know, talent in this side. As we know, Canada it comes from all over the world. We have Shadi Al-Nahas, my, my one of my buddies from judo. I used to train with this guy back in the day. He fought yesterday in the minus 100 kilo division came through with two straight wins, fought the world number one in the quarterfinals, unfortunately lost with only three seconds left, um, fought in the repishage, got to the bronze medal match, and then fought the world number two in the bronze medal match, unfortunately lost in literally the last seconds. It happens, right? He's still so, so young at 23 years of age. What a performance from him. I got to give these guys a shout out because they've been doing fantastic. We got uh, the minus 100 division uh, or plus 100 division today. I'm only really going to be watching for uh, Teddy Rene. He's, uh, if you guys don't know about judo, he's the big guy. He's, he's lost one time in the last 10 years. He, he's the goat. He's one of the all-time goats. And uh, he's, I believe, back-to-back -back on gold medals in the Olympics. He could three-peat tonight. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it is starting at 10 a.m., ending around 6.30 in the morning. That's <laughs> tough. I've, I've messed up my sleeping schedule entirely. I barely sleep these days, but it's all right. Um, we got we got to watch. we got to... We got to support. This is the pinnacle of judo. You know, the World Cup and all these kind of tournaments, they don't matter as much as the Olympics. Kids in judo grow up wanting an Olympic gold medal for their country. And um, I'm, I'm very happy to see the Canadian team blossom like this. And we're going to be back in uh, Paris 2024. We're going to we're going to win a gold. Easy, easy. All right, write that down. Yeah, write that down. I'll write that down right now. <laughs> Keep that on record.
Shadi El Nahas gold medal in minus 100. You heard it here first. All right, 2024, Paris. It's in the document. It's Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, um, is there anything else you guys wanted to add on, or do you guys want to wrap up here? I know we're good. I think I, I think I covered everything. I'm going on rants all, all the time. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Uh, that's why we love having guests. You know, we love having different opinions. Yep. We love hearing uh, different takes. Me and Bowen, we kind of most times we agree on most things. We there are a yeah. few times we have a little <laughs> a little bit of bias. It's the same. We we have love having a little back and forth here. But um, yeah, John, it's been a pleasure yeah, to have man. you here. Um, I'm definitely gonna put everything this guy does in the description. This guy's an editor, uh, a podcaster, so <laughs> TikToker. This yeah, guy, yeah, we just got this. This is, this is Jelani A. Reed. This is Jelani A. Reed right here. I know. This is Jelani Antonio Reed. No, no sleep, bro. No sleep, bro. I'm telling you. I, I always do like the graphics for Northside. Those swipe posts, I get them done at night um, because they take a while. But yeah, I know. Just support the cause. Um, and, you know, if you guys don't know me, I obviously go to Ryerson uh, for sport media with these two buttes over here. Uh, and we'll be back in the fall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, on behalf of us at SBST and Jelani, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all later. Peace. Easy.